Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN U. You can click more on the lower right-hand corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio. You can find us right there and join the conversation at 888-SAY-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call in line 888-729-3776. We've been talking all morning about the NFL trade deadline. It came and went. Did you like the moves your team made or didn't make at the deadline? We are joined right now, gentlemen, by Stephen A. Smith, host of First Take, of course. Stephen A., what are your thoughts on Steve Nash and the Nets parting Stephen A., how you doing, my man? You doing good? I'm doing well, man. That's I'm a, doing I, well, fellas. I, I, I y'all glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So what do you think about the whole I'm, Steve I'm, Nash situation, I'm, I'm, wonder, I'm, I'm wondering why the hell y'all had me coming into some punk rock music. That's what it sounded like or something. I mean, I thought I thought Max was into hip-hop. I know Jay Will and yep. Keyshawn supposed to be. But well, that's a subject Steve, for another Steve day. We, was, we, was figuring, we figured since we might be going to a college basketball game or something together one day down in North Carolina that we would – hit up one of the college bars and, 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 you know, let you relive that back in the day. But we got some hip-hop for you right now, baby boy. I got you. I like that better. I like that better. What's up, fellas? Usually Yates has a reason for playing what he's playing. It's related to the theme of the day. So, Yates, what was that about coming in? I didn't didn't make the open. Our guy James did. Uh, oh, of course, I should have known. Excuses sounds like something I'm seeing across the East River. But that was a very James. <laughs> that was a very James. Uh, that was a very James track a lot to of play. Excuses. So, <laughs> Stephen A. Yeah. What's happening in Brooklyn, man? What you make of what went on with Steve Nash yesterday in the Nets, essentially saying deuces? Well, I'm not shocked. Um, I saw it coming uh, a few weeks ago. You know, I mentioned that Jay knows that. I've been talking about it. Um, and I suggested that, you know, um, if the Nets have an opportunity to get Ime Udoka, Nash would be gone, um, and they'd go after him. Uh, it's desperately needed. It's understood. And in fairness to Steve Nash, he never really uh, was given an opportunity to do the kind of things that, you know, he would need to do. I mean, when you think about KD, Kyrie, James Harden, then KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, uh, he's been limited. For, uh, because of a whole bunch of shenanigans that's been going on within the organization. And for me personally, I think that, you know, from what I was told, they let him know that it was time to move on, and he didn't resist one bit. He knew it. He was incredibly frustrated, particularly the other night, after all the stuff with Kyrie Irving and uh, the anti-Semitism, to, you know, tweets and all of this other stuff that people have been alluding to, that he was the one that had to go up there and sit at the podium and talk about it because Kyrie Irving didn't make himself available to the media or whatever. So, you know, it, it, the handwriting was on the wall. They're the worst defensive team in the NBA. They're absolutely awful. They can't stop a cold, and we all know that. And so when you combine that with the fact that, you know, you're a leaderless group, there's no leader on the squad, you don't play defense, you play two-on-five ball offensively for the most part. Uh, ben Simmons has been a disaster. Uh, I certainly expected better from him, particularly after I spoke to him on how gung-ho he was about this upcoming season. To see him on a basketball court and to be so limited the way that he has been, um, it it was just a no-win situation. you got to really, really know how to coach. And the fact of the matter is Steve Nash has never coached on any level before. Uh, Nice guy, incredible player when he played, very knowledgeable about the game of basketball. But as I said when he got hired – this wasn't a person that deserved that job. 
He's never coached on any level, not even as an assistant coach at all. And yet you inherit a squad led by these guys. And then if you remember, go back to the soundbite, just a couple of days after Steve Nash was hired, Kyrie Irving said, we don't really need a coach. I could coach the team. KD could coach the team. That's what he said. Doesn't really, really need a coach. And as I reported last year, if y'all remember, uh, they would have practices. And after practice, on numerous occasions, Kyrie Irving would go and grab players and conduct his own practices. Literally would get players and go and bring them back on the court and conduct his own practices. Okay? Without the consent of Steve Nash. You talk to coaches around the league, they all were talking about that. In the offseason, I was told about that constantly when they talked about the situation in Brooklyn. They would say, this is the stuff that's going on in Brooklyn. This is the stuff that Kyrie Irving and others were doing uh, because Steve Nash didn't really, you know, I don't know whether it was the clout or the personality or whatever it was. He just didn't have it. And so it was inevitable that Joe Sy ultimately was going to take this position because once Kevin Durant had demanded, you know, that he be traded in the offseason, Joe Sy had to take a stand. No, you're not going anywhere, okay? And Kyrie Irving, you're not getting a long-term contract. Clearly the ownership is, is taking the stance that this is going to be their team and they've got to have the right people in place. So this is just step one. More steps are coming, more on the way, and it's inevitable and it's necessary. Stephen A., I really question Sean Marks because basketball people never thought Steve Nash had the gall to handle, you know, and, and hold Kyrie and KD's feet to the fire due to his Correct. lack of experience from the beginning, man. From the beginning, Correct. you and I spoke about this. I do want to ask you as it relates to Kyrie Irving, do you feel like Adam Silver missed the ball here? Do you, do you feel like he should have suspended Kyrie Irving for the post? that happened the other day? Yes, I do. Um, you know, listen, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about the future. I ain't thinking about the past. We all know where I stand on Kyrie. Uh, but he's a spectacular talent. He's a superstar talent. Uh, the brother's box office, he's something special. But you just got to wait because something's always going to happen. Like he came in here this year, model citizen, right attitude and practice, showing up every day showing up balling when he was on the basketball court, et cetera, et cetera. And then this kind of stuff happens. And for some reason, this guy wants to think, think that he can tell people what they should believe, you know, what, what their religious beliefs entail, what their religions really are about, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's just lines that you simply do not cross. And I'm one of those guys that I've religiously, I've religiously been this way. It's not for me to talk to, talk, to, talk to anybody about their beliefs what they should believe or why, whatever the case may be, or what they should be offended by. If I'm not Jewish, I don't get to define what's anti-Semitic to me. Just like I don't want somebody coming to me as a black person and telling me what I'm supposed to and not supposed to be offended by. If you ain't black, you don't have a right to tell black people what we should be offended by. The principle is very understood universally, at least with everybody but Kyrie Irving. So this is a guy that was playing well, was doing all the right things, and then inevitably found himself uh, in the midst of some turmoil and controversy of his own doing that was unprovoked by anything or anybody else. That's the knock on him, that there's always something 
that's going to happen, that's going to interfere. The only difference is, in the past, he would miss games. Last night, for example, he just didn't show up. Four points for Kyrie Irving, he could do that in 20 seconds. But that's what he ended up having for the game last night. You know why that is? Because his head wasn't there. He's distracted. He's distracted because of things that he did. And you've got people sitting on courtside with shirts on, you know, to, to, to you know, speak out against anti-Semitism or whatever. It's not going to go away. And it's all of his doing. If you're the National Basketball Association and you talk about things being detrimental to the brand and to the league and sending the message, well, then guess what? Just like a whole bunch of people sent the message to Kanye West about what he should and should not be doing as it pertains to religion and things of that nature, the same should have been done to Kyrie in some capacity, I mean. In other words, the suspension, I think, is something that was called for because it was incredibly insensitive um, and uncalled for, and it's not something that should have happened. So I do think that Adam Silver dropped the ball on that. Hmm. Stephen A. Smith, a comment. You know what? I'm not even going to read all that. I'm just going to say Stephen A. Smith, all everything at ESPN because they got commentator, <laughs> first take, NBA countdown, Stephen A.'s world. I mean, it's like, come on, man. He's just all everything at ESPN. Does it all for us. Join us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Does he make it, Stephen A., Kyrie Irving? Does he make it to the end of the season as a Brooklyn Net or is he gone before or right at the trade deadline? I got to tell you, <clears throat> if I'm Joe Sy, he might be gone. I don't know the answer to that question, Key, because everything is so fresh. And the mentality coming into this season was, you're going to give us this damn year. Like, rather than you getting a four-year, $212 million extension on top of the $36.9 million that you opted in to take this season, you know, rather than rather than that, you know, and you're going to go through this year, you and KD, because you put this together, this is the team that we have because that's what y'all wanted, right? Now you look at the things that Joe Sy is doing, and, and Jay knows about this, what's, some of the things that's going on behind the scenes. Obviously, I know, and I'm sure y'all know to some degree as well. Listen, the NBA is involved. You got owners. You got the commissioner. There's no collusion or anything like that. It doesn't have to be. You know, it's such it's, it's there's such dysfunction that has raked through the franchise that you have people giving their opinions. Like for example, when KD sat up there and said, "I want out unless you get rid of Steve Nash and Sean Marks," according to reports, best believe the league and owners were like, "Well, you got KD locked in for the next four years. You don't have to move him. So what? He wants to be traded. Hell with these guys. You can't just do what they want you to do." This is what Joe Sy was being told. And so, obviously, he put his foot down. He said, no, KD ain't going anywhere because we can't get equitable compensation for you. Well, then, you say, Kyrie, no, you're not getting the extension. And this dude walked into the room uh, during negotiations. Like, he literally walked in, guys. Literally walked in. And, you know, hey, guys, I'm not here to talk about me. I just want to talk about what we're going to do about the team. You know, I, I know my contract extension is good. They were like, oh, well, wait a minute now. No, it ain't. You ain't getting this four years. He was utterly shocked from from what I was told. He was stunned that a $212 million extension was not waiting for him. Even after missing the games and after all the stuff that's been going on in Brooklyn over the first three years that he was there. And so clearly there's a disconnect. And Joe Sy is saying, enough's enough. I got to run this team. 
I got to make sure that we have the right things in place. And so as a result of that, you're looking at what they're trying to do now. Yeah, they're going to try to maximize the potential that they have. But with everybody and their mother knowing, this is Kyrie Irving's last season in Brooklyn. If you're Joe Sy and Sean Marks and you're thinking about the future of the franchise and KD is locked in, incapable, incapable rather, of going anywhere else, well, it's worth noting that you got to at least look at whatever compensation you could get for a Kyrie Irving who's in the last year of his deal in Brooklyn, scheduled to leave anyway. Why let him just walk out the door for nothing when what you could do is, is send him away prior to his contract's expiration to get some kind of compensation for him? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but based on what we've seen and how Josiah and them are trying to make up for the lack of armor that they showed and constantly capitulating to Kyrie's wishes prior to this season, I think they're trying to make up for it. And I think anything is on the table right now, and I think that's the message that Joe Sire sent. Stephen A. Smith, host of First Take. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning, Stephen A. All right, brother. No problem, y'all. Take care. So, guys, um, what it, what it, we just heard Stephen A. on this. Jay, you were talking about it earlier. Key, you mentioned earlier this morning, uh, I believe you brought it up, how Kyrie was like, uh, you know, hey, sometimes I'm the coach of the team. Sometimes, you know, it, it shows you right away Kyrie was not trying to he, – he does not like being told what to do, bottom line. Like, no one does, but Kyrie especially doesn't, right? But it seems to me with all this, guys, what it comes down to is – Kyrie's influence on the team stems from his association with KD. KD as the best player holds sway in the organization, and Kyrie holds sway over KD. He clearly is influential with KD, right, Jay? I mean, like, what changes if KD is going to stand up for Kyrie? Well, nothing changes. Um, If you're LeBron James and you're at home, and you have five losses on the season. The same by the Golden State Warriors, by the way. The Golden State Warriors and the Lakers have the same amount of losses, just to put that in perspective for people that want to kill the Lakers all the time. Um, Is the risk more than the reward by giving up Russ and two first-round picks Hmm. or Kyrie Irving? At this stage of your career, mentally, can you handle Kyrie Irving on the team? Because, frankly, that's the only trade partner – that I see as a potential for Kyrie Irving to go to if you're talking about moving him before the trade uh, deadline. I don't know if I'm a younger team if I want to bring Kyrie in, seeing what I've just seen, to say, yeah, be around my young guys, be the leader, de facto leader of my organization moving forward. I don't know if yeah, I want that. But, but the Lakers organization is different than the Nets. The organization. Like, it's just a different okay. – It's different than the Nets because of, of – I don't know. It's just – it's a different – because they've won, it, it, you got these retired veteran type players that's around. I think his, I think he would be a little bit different with LeBron than anybody else. On top of that, being in LA, I just would wonder what the Los Angeles Jewish community how that would play. Mm-hmm. That's a, like a, how would key, that, that play? Key, that's what I'm you, saying. It comes with a lot, man. 
You, you're bringing a every, lot. Well, you know that's what? Heavy it, it could entertainment be entertainment base. Yes. I mean, it's just like how would that play? It, if being in L.A., if Kyrie, I'm Jewish. If Kyrie were to address it and really, say Max? something like, but see, that's if, the problem. If, but if Kyrie were to address it and 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 take some ownership and say, yeah, I did amplify this documentary that's based on a book. I was not aware on the kind of shoddiness of the scholarship in the book. I didn't. I was not, or even I was not focused on the part that is offensive. I was focused on another part that's uplifting, you know. Uh, but you know, in retrospect, maybe trying to find about black heritage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yes. could say you could say, look, in, in this day and age, there's there you're going to find stuff you don't like, and then people like me would say, Kyrie, the book quotes Adolf Hitler in a favorable light, right? Like, yeah, what are you asking, doing? You're you know, asking him the, to do something that he's never done Right, before. he has to take responsibility, be accountable. Once but, he's but accountable, he you can move past it. But if if many people, I don't know him, Jay knows him a little bit. I guess you wouldn't know him, Max. I don't know him. I met him maybe one time. If it's something that he hasn't done before on consistent, repeated offenses of what people think was right. deemed inappropriate for him, what makes you think that all of a sudden he's going to wake up one day, Jay, and say, oh, well, I'm sorry, or exactly, whatever the case Jay. may be? Well, the fact that he dug his heels into it. And look, I don't have any issue, for the record, with Kyrie trying to explore black heritage, mm-hmm. right? Like getting into like the deeper conversation of how that is tied to the Jewish community. Like there are... I was just talking to Amari Stoudemire outside. There's a deep conversation about that, being a black Jew, and what that means and the origination of it. What I do have a problem with it, and the fact that I do feel is offensive, is the fact that he chose not to come to the podium ready to articulate and expound his view on it. Right. And the fact now that it feels like the Nets are trying to hide him by saying, no more media for Kyrie, he said what he's going to say, and that's it. That's what that's what leads me to think. Like, yeah. why would the Jewish community in L.A. say, "Yeah, we're willing to accept him," even if it does, it doesn't work that way? By the by the way, and and what he brought up and the whole thing about like essentially Jewish merchants during the transatlantic slave trade that existed, as did disproportionate Jewish representation in the civil rights movement, right? Like you know, and in neither cases there's some Jewish cabal saying, "Hey, this is what we're going to do now." It's just that Jews are represented in various walks of life, as many people are, and disproportionately in some professions as I, and, and in some uh, uh, movements, including the civil rights movement, where if you look at the representation or, or the Jewish representation in the civil rights movement, it is out of proportion to the numbers of Jews in the country, and yet a lot of them were at the forefront of the movement. The, but Kyrie amplified something that magna, that. that that was disinformation, meaning not just that it was wrong, but it was intentionally wrong in order to cause trouble for a group. At, at any rate, I do think the question is this when it comes to Kyrie and LeBron versus Kyrie and KD. It seems to me, I understand what Key means. The Lakers have a deep tradition in history. It's a stronger franchise than the Nets in terms of dealing with, you know, so, so it's not so easy just to run roughshod and have your way. Even exactly. LeBron, they pulled back from LeBron. Like, hold on one second. Didn't work out with Westbrook. Now we're going to have more say. Could, could, it's not, could. but, but Key, hold on. I, I do wonder if maybe LeBron could get that under control with Kyrie and could lead, or would it become more combustible more quickly now that Kyrie is older and feeling himself more in terms of his own influence than he was when he was in his early 20s? Well, you know, you got you got when I when I say stronger organization, you got people like Byron Scott, Magic Johnson, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Just just to mention those handful of people that are hovering constantly around the organization, 
they will then start to inject into Kyrie the thought process on certain things. Now, whether or not he gets it, he understands it, it's different than the Brooklyn Nets because the Nets don't have that rich history. It's almost like Duke basketball in a sense, Jay, where y'all got no, I get it. Y'all got 100,000 people that, that, you know, bring you in and tell you, say, man, this is the way we do it at Duke. So right. yeah, I we, just, we do it I just different. don't know if you read any articles by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on Kyrie. It would be interesting to see how the legends of the Lakers actually would look at something like that. Well, I, don't think, I don't think you would have 100% cooperation rate from the legends of the Lakers supporting bringing Kyrie and you to might, the And you, might, you, and you might be right. I'm just trying to figure out, because your initial question, obviously, yeah. was how would it work? What is the dynamic there? And I'm trying to figure out how to make it work. What would yeah. make sense no, that's right. in doing it? How do you counter juvenile and undereducated with the adult in the room? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is well, always the adult in the room. Always the adult in the room. I mean, on social issues. I mean, on a national level. You read a piece that Kareem publishes nationally, and you go, oh, the adult voice in the American room. Listen to the adult in the room for the Brooklyn Nets and Sean Marks and his views on what they're doing with Kyrie Irving. Listen to this. He did not do media last night. He's not going to do media tonight. And yeah, at some point, he will come up here and, and, and do media again. But I think at this point, it's, it's you know, we, we don't want to cause – more fuss right now, more interaction with people. Like, let's let him simmer down and let's let this whole, uh, I guess, let's the cooler minds prevail. And I think we need to go out and become, you know, educate ourselves, educate the whole group and, and get some direction. Seek from the experts, you know, and, and the experts is, you know, one of them is certainly the ADL. The ADL meaning the Anti-Defamation League, which is a Jewish civil rights organization, basically. Um, all right. More on the Nets situation with someone who was on Steve Nash's coaching staff last season. And by the way, should be especially attuned to the issues that we are dealing mm-hmm. with on, as it relates to this subject. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We are joined now by six-time All-Star ESPN NBA analyst Amari Stoudemire. Let's go, guys. And a guy who is, I would say, uniquely positioned to discuss the topic (laughs) at hand. Not only is he... African-American and Jewish, but also coached on the Nets last season. (laughs) This is the guy. All right. Amari, what are your thoughts on Steve Nash and the Nets parting ways yesterday? Well, you know, Steve, you know, it was tough for him to start out with, right? I mean, you acquire acquire a job with the Brooklyn Nets, and um, you you have a a solid first year, right? Um, And then you have situations where, you know, everyone wasn't quite available to play. And there's ups and downs. There's major trades that happen. We're bringing in James Harden and then James Harden departing. Um, so as a coach, it's tough to really get that um, to get that chemistry built or get your strategy, you know, implemented within the team because of all those changes. And so because of that, the players somewhat, I think, lost a little bit of the lo- or Steve Nash, I think, lost the locker room a bit, and the players didn't really have the respect as they probably should have for a head coach. And I think that's what led to. Um, Steve parting ways with the Nets. Amari, you were with the team last year as assistant coach, and you just mentioned the locker room and, and the dynamic there. But did you ultimately see this coming a couple weeks into the regular season? I mean, um, I kind of saw it coming, right? Mm. I saw, I saw, I saw something somewhat breaking down um, because the players were get growing frustrations, you know, because they wanted to somewhat have. A, a structure. They wanted to have a defensive structure um, that would allow them to hold each other accountable. And I think when plays break down, and Jay and Jay, you know this. And all you know, when 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 plays break down, and someone makes a mistake, you want to be there to cover them, but you also want to let them know, hey, you're supposed to do it this way. You know, you made a mistake. Now let's force them down or whatever the coverage is. And I think because we didn't quite have that strategy implemented uh, within the team, whenever someone makes a mistake. The next person makes a mistake, and then who are, who are we holding accountable for these mistakes? And so now it's like a flux of a lot of people making mistakes and finger-pointing, and then that creates an unstable environment, which then now creates you know bad defense and bad offense. Six-time NBA All-Star, ESPN NBA analyst Amari Stoudemire joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Stat, as a black man who is Jewish, yep. when Kyrie Irving posted – Hebrews to Negroes, wake up black America. What were your original thoughts? Um, I, I, never, I never really saw 
this documentary before, but my original thoughts were uh, when I heard what's inside the documentary, uh, I was taken back by it because from what, I, from what I understand, a lot of things that are in that documentary is not completely accurate. Even though there's probably some things in that document that is accurate, but there's a lot of it that's probably not accurate. And I think the parts that are not accurate is very um, hurtful for the Jewish community. Um, because obviously going through the Holocaust and these things, you're still a bit traumatized from all this, all this hatred that took place throughout those years. And then now for that conversation to co- somewhat be, you know, arisen again, it, it causes a lot of discomfort within the community. And we don't feel comfortable about that. You know, we want to make sure everyone has a sense of love and, and kindness for all, all mankind, right? And so, and that's what we're taught in Judaism. We taught that. We learned Torah. We learned how to, to have acts of kindness. We learn how to judge someone with favor. We learn how to, you know, we learn these things on how to really purify ourselves and really live according to a holy lifestyle, right? And so when these things are on the contrary to that, we get taken back by that. You see, the the post to me was, it, I felt like it was more like an exploratory thing for him about black heritage. Yeah. But it's the lack of willingness to explain himself, which is what has me angered, Yeah. right? Like, which makes me think that the criticism is deserved because you weren't willing to go on the podium and articulate your points yep. and kind of acknowledge, hey, here's what I don't believe. I mean, I would never post something like that anyway. As soon as I, you know, I watched this, as soon as I saw something out of it, like, okay, what? no, it's not going to be right. right. But still, like, that's the problem that I have with it, like the lack of willingness to explain yourself about it. Sure, and, I, and that's the thing, you know, any, any time, and I went through this kind of, transformation as well in my young youth trying to figure out who I was as a, as an African-American man here in America, who are we? Right. And that's a question that a lot of us have because the government, no one tells us who we are. We just say, Hey, you was brought here as slaves. You were brought here. You, you was a Negro before then. Now you are black. Then now you're African-American. So the question amongst the community, the African-American community is like, who are we really? And so if no one's willing to help us explain to us who we are and where'd you guys bring us from, and how do we, you know, we know how we got here, but what, how, you know, what took place, like where we're from. And so I think Kyrie is on, on, on the quest of trying to figure that part out. And, it, you know, Amari, there's nothing wrong with that part. The part that should be a red flag, though, for any thinking person is like if I were looking for something or you were looking for something that's pro-Jewish, right, for whatever reason. And there was something in that document that quoted some cruel or vicious slave master favorably as it related to black people, I would throw that out. I know that's garbage. Oh, this is not serious. This is garbage. Absolutely. He took something that quoted Adolf Hitler as it relates to Jewish people, Ashkenazi Jews, favorably. So Kyrie right there, you have to have sense enough, if you're as smart as you clearly want everyone to think you are, to know that the, that's not real scholarship, right? Absolutely, absolutely correct, absolutely correct. And that's that's the thing when you when you're in a position of well, Kyrie, he's a he's a player that a lot of young players look up to, and what you promote, what you say, goes a long way. And so because of that, like as they say, much is given, much is required, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're you're Kyrie Irving, you have a max contract, you're one of the greatest players to play the game of basketball. So you have a, you have a requirement to whatever you're putting out there, whatever you're trying to teach. You have to do the research, study, check your sources, review, and then be able to give it out, mm-hmm. right? Or you think, amplify it to millions of people on your social media. Yeah, right, exactly. So that way, you know, that way you know what you're saying is accurate and you're not offending no one because when you're in a position of leadership, as he is for the young generation players that follow him, 
you know, he, he is in a position where he has to be more articulate with his learning and review and research before he starts to promote things. Stan, I want to get back to the court for a second here. There's no doubt that their talent is number one top-tier talent, right? I mean, lead dogs, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Leadership-wise, though, do you want either one of those guys to lead your franchise? If Amari Stoudemire found a way to buy the Phoenix Suns, would you pick Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving to lead your franchise? To lead the franchise? I mean, I would probably lean more toward Kevin Durant to lead my franchise. But you're still um, questioning it, it Well, yeah, like. because he's not really a vocal leader, right? I mean, he leads by action. That's okay. You have guys who show up to work beforehand. You see these guys. You see your star player in the gym before you get there full, fully in the sweat, like working extremely hard. As a player, you're going to say, well, I'm going to follow his lead. Even though he's not saying much, but he's showing you by action. So I would definitely take probably Kevin Durant over Kyrie when it comes to leadership qualities. But, yes, there's not really a vocal leader in that locker room I'm not sure about this year, but last year we didn't really have a vocal leader in the locker room. Mm. And I think it's important that, you know, um, with whoever the Nets bring in as a head coach is to be that leadership uh, that the team needs. That is Amari Stoudemire, six-time NBA All-Star, just last season coach with the Brooklyn Nets and now ESPN NBA analyst. Thanks, Stat. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you. So what impact would Udoka make? on this team if and when he becomes head coach, which could be like in a matter of hours, right? But first, this word from my computer career. Friends, is your job recession-proof? Now might be the perfect time to switch careers and become an IT professional with my computer career. IT is listed as one of the top recession-proof professions. You could have your dream job in months, not years. No experience needed. Take classes online or on campus And financial aid is available to those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Go to mycomputercareer.edu, take the free career evaluation. It ain't rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. 
So, guys, you know, Christmas, the Christmas consumerism holiday, right, starts earlier and earlier. You, you saw they started to push that even before Halloween. But now that Halloween is over, are we already past Thanksgiving and looking to Christmas? Has anyone started look, their look Christmas shopping yet? Look at your phone, Max and Jay. Oh, let me see. I'll tell you, I'm already past it. Let me see. Keyshawn. It's over and done with, man. Oh, you got, your, you a, got Christmas. Da- <laughs> that looks fresh, it's too. It's snow on the ground. <laughs> it's already done. Christmas lights look so good, man. Those white lights wrapped around that your keys got gates and tree and everything wrapped up in Christmas lights. When'd you do that? <laughs> that was done. What? When was. Uh, the day after, whatever day we're what is this? The second? Now, did what you do that personally, or you had someone do that for you? Max Kellerman. <laughs> There's a team. Seriously, I don't even change light bulbs in my pro- own house. That's Please. professional. It looks like Tavern on the Green or something. <laughs> somebody fresh. say, somebody say, hey man, well, you need to change that light bulb. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be doing that. <laughs> so what is that like? I, we typically do ours key like uh, like a week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, it's like Thanksgiving time where no, we put up all late, of our lights. Man. That's too, too late. Yeah. Too late. No, man, you got to. you, when gotta do you do after it, Halloween? Man, as soon as Halloween's over, we're rolling all through the month of December. I mean, all the month of Jan- November because most of December we're probably going to be on vacation. So we're really not at home in December. You know, we we move around in the month of December. I've just gotten used to having Christmas lights up during Thanksgiving, though. Like, this it, just started to happen because my wife has done it like a week before Thanksgiving. Still feels like... That's early to me, though. Yeah. No, you can still put the you still put your Thanksgiving stuff out on your lawn if you choose to. The blow up turkey, the you know, the, you you put all that out too. Then you remove that, and then if you want to do Christmas decorations, you put the Santas on the roofs and do all of that sort of stuff. Oh, you guys get me in the mood for turkey now already. Oh, you see a wild turkey around Thanksgiving, you're like, you look delicious. Sweet potato pie, here I come. Sweet potato pie. Oh, see, I get geared up for Thanksgiving oh. before the the gift giving holidays. You know what I mean? The- yeah, I'll start. I'll start when I come back to, with you guys next week in New York. I'll start. Um, well, I can't. Jeez, come to think of it, because I'm gonna be. We're gonna be in Bristol too. Mm-hmm. Well, I may take a couple of days earlier in the week and, and do some shopping when I get yeah. off from work. You gotta get in now. You gotta get yeah, out. Yeah, I get it in. Now, I get it early. in now. Now, do you the do following a- week for sure? I'll be walking around the city doing a little bit of picking up some stuff. Yeah, part of the part of the holiday is like, you know, you go shopping and all this kind of stuff. Do you still go brick and mortar or you do it online? Absolutely. Yeah. I got to do brick and mortar because I got to touch it, feel it, and see it. I don't have time to be returning nothing that doesn't work. Yeah, I don't even know how to do that. Amazon or something like you delivers and you're like, no, and you're like, what am I going to do? This thing is broken. You I got to send it back. I, how do no, I? No, you send you it back. You take it back to, to FedEx and you oh, send it back. I'm standing or you can online go, or FedEx. If you have a, no. You're standing online back at a brick and mortar. Can't do it. What's the difference? Amazon Fresh over there? You're going yeah, back to the can't mall. Can't do it though. So you can- Just got Keyshawn, cheese on bread. Max. Now ice cream is good, man. we have someone joining the show, guys, who immediately will brighten up your day. That's Monica McNutt, ESPN basketball analyst. Hey, good morning, Monica. Auntie. What's up, Mon? Hey, in town. Good morning, guys, and I just. The disrespect for Thanksgiving as its own entity really hurt my heart this morning, but it's all good. I no, I agree with you there. I love Thanksgiving. Yeah, thanks. It's amazing. Hey, uh, Monica, what are your thoughts on Steve Nash and the Nets parting ways? Well, uh, it came a little earlier than I 
anticipated, but I can't say that I was surprised. I've had a couple of their games so far this season, both preseason and then last week versus the Bucks. And while Steve was great, like the walk and talk that we're now adding to our broadcast, like he's super great and gracious with the media. Um, when he talks about the personalities and the dynamics of that squad, you're sort of left with this question about whether his personalities fit in terms of what those personalities would require. And so um, I'm going to go with it being more of an amicable split because I don't think that it's what he signed up for. Um, and I didn't get the vibe. Obviously, we can read and go back to what KD said over the summer. It just mutually was a bad fit, and that's just kind of where we at. Auntie, was this a panic move? Um, no. I don't know why they just didn't do it this summer. I think the idea of Sean Marks' presser, I can't remember the exact statement that he made, but um, taking back control and, like, Joe Side wanted to put his foot in the ground, like, okay, cool. But honestly, y'all should have done this this summer, and it would have been fine. Like, nobody I, – I, I think then the conversation probably would have been around too much power in the hand of the athletes. But ultimately, that's what this traces back to as well. I don't think it was a panic move. I think it was coming regardless. Monica McNutt, ESPN basketball analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Monica, you bring a unique perspective uh, to this conversation that I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on. Um, as a black woman in sports, what were your initial thoughts when you heard Ime Udoka, you know, might get the job with the Brooklyn Nets? Oh, that's KD's guy. <laughs> that was my first thought. Um, second thought was like, ooh, that's a little messy. But to me, guys, if we are honest about this conversation, people have terrible decision-making in their personal lives in plenty of professional positions, right? In this particular case, you decided to play around where you eat, but there was nothing. I mean, we all heard the word consensual through all of these reports. And I think, to me, punishing um, a quality basketball mind who now has this opportunity for being a bad decision maker, I'm not okay with that. If, well, it, well can, uh, can I just push it? So just to play devil's advocate a little bit there, Monica, like what would you say to somebody that would say, oh, somebody gets rewarded for that type of personal behavior within the workplace? Because that's what a lot of people are going to feel like. I don't know that it's rewarded, like Jay, but I – What did you say, Keith? No, go ahead. No, that was Jay. That wasn't me. Oh, um, I thought he jumped in. Okay, personally, Jay, I don't know 100% that it's been rewarded. I think everything that glitters is not gold. I don't believe that this position is an upgrade from what he had Uh in Boston, right? That would be step one. Then step two, I would really want to sit down and let's open it up, not just NBA, but look at some of the missteps, we'll call it, in head coaches' histories who are not black and how they are able to, to bounce back and have second opportunities. Y'all know Georgetown is is my school and that's a place that I love. And I will never forget the clip that circulated, I can't remember, not too long ago, of Big John talking about coaches deserving to have the opportunity to fail. Now, granted, I don't want to take that out of context because I'm sure Big John was not necessarily referring to this. However, I think we have seen people bounce back from mess, mess, right? And so if an organization is willing to take this, I'm not one to hold that over Ime's head the rest of his career. Ime's getting another opportunity because he was a very successful head coach. He's good at his For job. Sure. And so now as he's a distressed commodity, the Nets are pouncing at, you know, under market. Ime Doka's not available unless that happens. He's available and Nets are grabbing him. You think he can For salvage sure. the season at all, Monica? For the Nets? What do you mean by salvage? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's get into work. Well, you tell me. What this would... 
to me, this is not a team that's destined to win a championship, right? And I'll be the first to say KD is one of the best in the league, right? And you can't deny <clears throat> Kyrie's talent. But just the roster. I mean, last year, if we were to say that he is going to prescribe similar to what he did in Boston, he doesn't necessarily have the personnel. The only person that seems to be interested in achieving any defensive success is Nick Claxton, who I think is great, but, like, he's not there yet. That's not Rudy Gobert. Um, then I just, I, I honestly, besides thinking, oh, that's KD's guy, I wondered how Ime and Kyrie would, might gel, right? Um, I think last year covering that team in the finals, we sort of joked a little bit, but there were certainly heated moments. I mean, we talked a lot about his interactions with Grant Williams on the sideline, but talking to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, while they sort of, and Marcus Smart, while they sort of joked, there was no question that Ime is a guy that can apply pressure to a team, has a temper, like, and who, well, I got to watch my language this morning on the radio, but like talk his talk, right? You know what I'm saying? Like he's a true hooper. So I don't know. You're going from a personality that did not fit because it was not demanding enough to demanding and some more, right? Like that's a big swing. So they, they make this big swing to go get Ime because they feel like he could be a championship coach. And they, this is, no matter what anybody thinks, a championship type team, right, Monica? And it, what yeah. if it, what if it, fails by the time trade deadlines and all that starts to roll around. Does Kyrie make it to the end of the season? Oh, well, gee, that is, that's a loaded one. Is Vegas taking odds on that? Cause that's a very good question. Um, I, I don't know that one. He, I, I think, I think, I think there's still something between Kyrie and KD. I don't know if it's enough to keep them there together. I mean, obviously you saw KD ask out. I'm not 100% sure how real that was or wasn't um, over the summer. I don't know. I, I don't know, um, Key. I will say between the two, I do believe in the relationship between Ime and, and KD. So between the two, Kyrie would be the one that would probably get moved. But then we got to talk about market value. Like, yeah, he's talented. And we're talking about people bouncing back from mishaps. But, like, I don't know what the market is for Kyrie necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. I look at this Nets roster, and people keep saying about how it's not really, well, good roster, roster. I see a lot of talent on the roster, and usually with a real good coach, if you're talented, even if the pieces don't fit exactly as you'd like or they're missing certain things, you should be able to win, uh, at least be a powerhouse, and the Nets look nothing like that. If Udoka could somehow turn it around, that would be a major feather in his in his coaching career cap. I, I, think, I think you're right, Max, and I, I – I, to me, it's it's not so much that they don't have championship caliber talent. I just think that there are teams in the East that are more prepared, more seasoned, and don't have to contend with some of the internal stuff that this group does, right? Like, you talk to anybody not part of that big three, and they're really great personalities. Nick, uh, Seth Curry, they got to kind of be a lot more laid back because, you know, the circus revolves around the three of those guys. But, like, there are other teams that play with so much more joy as a unit. I think when you get down into playoffs, into – conference championships, that kind of stuff matters. And, like, for me, I, nobody got it the way the Bucks got it, period. So, like, even if this is a team that gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, they lose to the Bucks in my mind. That's why every unit needs Monica McNutt. Look at that. Look at what she brings. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. All right, Auntie, see you later. You know what? I need you to not have on Christmas decorations out already, Key, because that's Thank too much. You. Anyway, Keyshawn, bye, guys. Sean, Jay, Will, and Max Greeny coming up. We'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern.
Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.